Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Live Life Aggressively podcast. Sincere Hogan, that's me. Mike Mahler on the other line. What's going on, my man? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing today? Hey, man, I'm feeling good. Nice, pretty weather outside, which, you know, we're always talking about the weather on this show, and it's always changing, so by the time the show comes out, it may be a blizzard in Texas for all I know, so I don't know, man. <laughs> so I'm going to enjoy it now. Um, again, keeping true to what we were saying about bringing a lot of powerhouse guests for the month of January, especially in the fitness area, today is no exception, so we have a good friend of ours, Dr. Peter Rouse, is on the other line. Hey, Peter, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we got that, that CNN foreign correspondent delay going on a little bit right now. <laughs> a bit of a delay right there. If we ask you a question, let's just wait a minute. But yeah, Peter, Peter is a biochemist. He's Dr. Peter Rouse, the biochemist, good friend of ours, very skilled in many arenas. He has a huge knowledge base in the areas of anti-aging, exercise, performance, nutrition, health, gut health, you name it. But he's actually well-known more for being a star in the hit TV shows Hercules and Xena, the Warrior Princess. That's really where you started your whole career. I knew you were going to bring that one up. <laughs> <laughs> Anything yeah, goes that's, on. Yeah, uh, that's what pulled me yeah, into we the have, Hollywood We'll give scene. a few more jokes about you we'll bring up, too. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's often referred to as kind of a dick on Facebook, but uh, those of us that know him know he's a great guy. The old joke inside, he's, he's a good guy. <laughs> now, Peter's a really cool guy. We've taught at his, his not facility many either. times. <laughs> 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 Uh, oh, his, uh, his, his abrasive nature sometimes gets uh, gets people a little sensitive in our overly politically politically correct society, so it's it's, it's all good. But uh, we have some great topics we're going to jump into today. Peter's going to talk about how not only can we actually what aging is, how to slow down aging, and how to actually reverse aging. So this is a fascinating topic that really everyone should be interested in. And let's let's jump right into this, Peter. Let's get this whole thing going. Well, you know, uh, looking at what aging is, I guess we kind of start off looking at um, what the aging process is and a lot of the symptoms related to that because pretty much aging is just a symptom of the underlying biochemistry, you know, that being, of course, cellular degradation. Um, basically, you see the cells break down over time. Uh, this is referred to as, you know, hate limit. So, in essence, you know, we have a limited time on this planet set by this hate limit. Um, and because of that, you know, a lot of people think you know, the maximum age we could actually potentially live to is about 125 on average. But uh, with the technology we have actually today, we're looking about, we're heading around the 175 predicted mark right now. So we actually can kind of look at, at the moment, living to 175, 10 years from now, hopefully it'll be around 200 and so forth. Wow. Well, now, how much of this is with nanobot technology and a lot of the stuff that Ray Kurzweil talks about? Or, I'm, I'm assuming you're, of course, familiar with his work. Is is that some of the stuff you're alluding to, or are you coming from a different angle? Uh, coming from a totally different angle. Um, right. Actually, no, none of the nanobot, none of the actual uh, integrated technology type process looking at in, in, you know, lengthening lifespan. We're looking at improving the basic uh, biochemistry, looking at you know, right down to the cellular level, down to DNA. So if we can look at you know, correcting and, and aligning those uh, imbalances, we can actually look at lengthening life almost to a point of being immortal. So how, how would we, how does this, what, are, what are some of the top line things that, how do, how do people start applying some of this stuff now, if, assuming it's available, and, and what are some key steps to get this whole thing going? Well, I guess most of the stuff is available. I mean, the interesting thing is uh, the majority of stuff is actually totally free. Um, it just involves work on the behalf of the person who wants to do it. It's actually, there's a lot of things you can do to increase your lifespan, which you've probably heard some of them, but, you know, a lot of people don't apply them. Um, you know, looking at, th first off, you know, we're looking at you know, breaking down the cell, breaking down uh, the DNA, but what we're looking at is the telomeres, particularly, uh, pretty much the, the key component in lifespan because they kind of at the moment they're kind of like the, the big brother of everything and if, if you don't address that component then the other stuff doesn't really matter because you know you aren't going to live long enough to have to worry about the other stuff that comes with it so what happens is with telomeres you're actually born with a base pair uh, 15,000 base pairs uh, well not born sorry you're conceived with 15,000 base pairs you're born with 10,000 so within that time of uh, in the womb, you actually lose as much as 5,000 base pairs because of the such a rapid cellular um, replication that occurs in the womb. And then from there, for your lifespan, you're only left with 10,000. 
But the problem with that is you actually die off at around about the 5,000 mark. So you're only left for 5,000 um, base pairs for the rest of your life. And, of course, you can do a lot of things that kind of increase the shortening rate of those telomeres. So I guess the number one thing is to actually decrease the shortening so you can actually live a little bit longer that way. And there's a lot of lifestyle things you can do, too, to do that. Now, Peter, um, for our, the lay person out there that listens to the show, because we have a lot of people outside the fitness industry, can you just explain a little bit more in depth what uh, telomeres are for those who are not in the know exactly? Okay, a common way of explaining that that's used a lot is uh, looking at the shoelace. So your chromosome, um, at the end of the chromosome, there's this little uh, base pairs that occur that are known as the telomeres. They are like the cap on the end of the shoelaces, stop that shoelace unraveling. Okay. Um, basically, they used to be kind of, kind of not knowing what they were for. They were like uh, junk DNA and so forth. But what happens is that the they used to basically repair DNA once it replicates. Every time you you do a replication of DNA, uh, what happens is you can actually you know some. DNA strands can drop off, you can get some damage occurring and so forth. So what happens is that coding on the end of the actual chromosome there will actually go in and replace that, uh, that basically error that's been uh, submitted in the replication. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking now everybody can get a good visual now so with the shoestring. Yeah. yeah, so it's like a spare part for the DNA. Okay. So what they've identified is that you know, the leading cause of all these age-related diseases is actually short telomeres. You know, every study they do, they look at you know disease related to aging. They identify these individuals with short telomeres. So um, you can see that all these age-related diseases, if you can increase your length of telomeres, you're going to decrease the chance of getting these age-related diseases. Uh, one of the things I hear out there a lot though is that if you start messing around with telomeres, then you're going to increase your risk of cancer. I guess you guys have heard of that, maybe Mike. Yeah, sure. That, that's that's the big concern I've heard at certain medical conferences and so forth. What's your take on that? Well, it, it, when you look at the science of it, it they, I don't know where they're coming from that conclusion because what happens is a, a cancer cell is immortal because it actually triggers the telomerase enzymes to actually increase the telomere length by itself. It doesn't become cancerous because of the telomere length. It actually turns it on to make itself immortal. So there's no way taking something that increases your telomeres will actually cause cancer because it's actually an effect of the cancer, not a causation. Another thing too is that what can, where does cancer cells come from? Usually looking at you know error uh, replication of DNA that causes the cancer. Now if you're replicating correctly, then you aren't going to get the cancer, are you? So actually increasing the telomere length is going to decrease the chances of cancer, not increase. Just on a side note there, just to go on a little tangent, what do you think of Dr. Brzezinski's work? He's an alternative cancer guy. Seems like he has some really interesting stuff with amino acids and peptides. Are you familiar with his work? I think he's on the cutting edge of what he's doing, and uh, I think right. if anybody you know, is in his category of, of being treated by him, I'd definitely go down there to Texas and, and get treated because uh, right. you know he's far ahead of what the mainstream me, um, medical system is, is actually doing. And you can see that because the way they are attacking him and, and implementing him. And, and how many times right. has he been pulled up in front of a grand jury? Yeah, absolutely. Over not his treatment, but his practice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, just thinking... Think from a layman's point of view, it would think that you would think that radiation treatment and chemotherapy would destroy telomeres. Yeah, it does. Um, people I know who, I, I mean, of course, in this country, it's illegal to treat cancer with anything, anything but radiation, chemotherapy. Yeah, that's, that's treatment, why I would so head out. I would head over to Switzerland in a heartbeat. If I ever got diagnosed with cancer, I would be out of here. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you can even go just down to Mexico because basically Mexico, you can actually do all that stuff too. But of course, Switzerland is a much nicer environment. Right, right. <laughs> now, what are what are some of these what are these some of these um, strategies so, that people can implement today, for example, to increase telomere lengthening, like uh, perhaps nutrition strategies, supplementation. What what are some of the strategies that you use yourself? Uh, well, one thing I think is before you even start there is looking at stress because stress is a right, really big right. killer. We know that causes a lot of disease-based stuff, and and it, we've seen that stress you know, really does rapidly increase shortening of the telomeres. So, reducing stress in your life can be a major factor now. That's kind of easier said than done, but sometimes it's just down to a lifestyle. You know, getting a, a good amount of sleep is a good starting point. I'm the last person to kind of speak about that, but uh, <laughs> I do a lot of stuff to compensate for my lack of sleep. But the, 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 the thing is to kind of get that 
seven to nine hour sleep pattern and everybody's a little bit different and also seasonal changes will change your sleeping cycle as well so you need to look at you know during the winter you sleep more during the summer you may sleep less and it's all related right. to the light cycle as well and all these other factors um as you as you've seen yourself mike you know a lot of people have adrenal dysregulation and issues with that so that's probably one of the areas i first look at is you know assessing kind of where are you on your stress levels and what can you basically do to reduce that even just by a small amount um you know are you in a job you hate you know that's probably a key one even in relationships you you can't stand and and make some real lifestyle changes because these things really do shorten your life and and it's been studied and it's been proven that stress alone is a massive killer. And what do you know is free. Just work on the stress issues. So, hey, you didn't have to pay any money for that. It wasn't a supplement involved. It's just making a couple of changes and getting over the fear of, oh, am I going to hurt this person's feelings because they're getting on my damn nerves? <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, I'm going to lose my friends. Well, they're not your friends. They're stressing you out all the freaking time. So, again, free treatment right here to extend, some, extend your life. Yeah, that's the thing, too. You know, like you mentioned before, I'm, I'm considered a bit of a prick on Facebook or, or wherever on the forums, but I'm just posting... <laughs> facts and people get so emotional I know, people get so I know. emotional and, and chewed up about it. I don't, I, I don't care I mean I don't right. really care I just post what I, I post and it's information and if it upsets someone I, I don't really take it personally if they attack me back either I don't really care what they think no I'm with you man I mean you're, you're putting stuff, the information out and a lot of people take on things too personal so that's a big stressor right there you know, don't kind right. of take things too personally if someone says something you know online or even in person you know it's not personal half the time it's usually them compensating for something else right 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 and we talk about that all the time if somebody's going to get offended or defensive then they have something to defend usually if they're getting upset by the things you're posting then you're probably attacking something it's something that's going on with them and that they don't want to address and you're just bringing it now you're bringing it out and now they have to face it and they're like screw this guy for bringing this up you know i'm trying to like i'm trying to live in denial and how dare you pull me out of denial <laughs> you know screw you buddy and it's the same thing or it's just like if you don't agree hey agree to disagree there i mean there are things that we all have said to each other or posted you know we can agree to disagree and guess what we're still here on the show we're still friends because we all know that everybody has their own opinion and it doesn't necessarily gonna mean it's going to be the truth or just anybody else's truth and i think once people get over that and understand that they'll calm the hell down and then it's facebook also why are you getting upset over things on Facebook? Somebody, you should be upset just that you even have a Facebook account half the time and that they're selling all your information. You're getting upset over the wrong things on Facebook if you're getting pissed off with somebody posts. You know, how about all your privacy information that they sell? You know, so why are you not pissed off about that? Get pissed off enough to right. cancel your account. Some of the well, strategies yeah, you use, uh, what are some of the strategies you use to offset the sleep? Because you said you, when you're, work, you're in a hard working phase right yeah. now. So you, you're, not, you're not getting that seven to nine hours in right now just because you have so much going going on. So I'm curious what you're doing to counterbalance some of the negatives of that. And also, I'm kind of afraid of your answer because I know there's some people out here that are afraid to go to sleep or they're trying to find any way they can because they're, they're talking about, I don't have 24 hours a day like everybody else. <laughs> and, and now, if you're about to share this, and I know those people are going to feel relieved, like, yeah, now I can start getting two hours <laughs> sleep again because Peter, you know, he doesn't sleep very much. That guy's, you know, I mean, he's very knowledgeable. I trust him. Why can't I do what Peter does? See, that's what I'm kind of afraid of when you get this answer or what people are going <laughs> to do with this information. So, again, before Peter answers people, He's not saying this is what you should do. Everybody's not Peter, so calm your nerves. Now, Peter, proceed. <laughs> okay. On top of that, I, I've been doing this for a while. I mean, give you an example right now. In the past three days, I've had five hours sleep, um, which is probably not the best thing for you. And this is the reason why I'm actually moving to another country to get a better time zone so I actually can sleep. So for me, it's been a necessity that I've had to do and... I am actually having to move country to basically be able to get back to my sleep cycle. That's something I've been working towards, so it's not easy to move to an entire another country. Um, so I, I guess number one is what I've been doing. Um, well, this okay. First off, I've been spending about over two thousand dollars a month on what I've been doing. So first off, that probably kind of takes a lot of people out of the equation because oh, yeah. most people don't want to spend yeah. 2000 bucks a month. Um, on top of that, okay, so, I mean, this is kind of jumping ahead with a lot of the supplements and, and uh, pharmaceuticals that we may be using. Uh, myself, I mean, Mike and I have talked about this with Epithalon. Um, I'm using Epithalon along with Thymolin, which we'll discuss. Uh, that combination has been found to dramatically improve 
both telomere length, immune function, decreased cancer risk, and so forth. Experiment with a different type of HRT, so we're using uh, stimulants for basically growth hormone stimulant, looking at growth hormone peptides in the morning, growth hormone releasing hormone in the evening. I'm using very micro dosages, so you're basically creating a very small um, stimulation on that. Um, I'm using, of course, uh, prescribed testosterone at a very low dosage. Uh, take an injection basically every second day, so you maintain uh, stable blood levels of testosterone. So the level I'm using is that of normal HRT. I'm not young anymore, so I mean it's kind of a natural, more normal dosage level anyway. Um, and then on top of that, uh, using uh, IGF-1 in cycles, but the IGF-1 uh, long form um, I'm using. Uh, most athletes are going to use a very high dosage on that, you know, a couple of hundred micrograms. I'm using uh, basically 20 micrograms per morning, which is a fraction, and that's uh, basically just to enhance the repair cycle of the body. Now, if you go into the supplement side, that gets a lot more um, in-depth because, okay, everybody knows about the TA65 by now, I think, because it's been hammered across a lot of the podcasts. Uh, do you think uh, most people have heard of that before? Uh, just just to give us a brief baseline, T- TA65 people is a supplement that improves the telomere lengthening. Ben, if you could just give us a, a brief summary of how it works and what the benefits are. Well, it's actually derived from astragalus. It's actually a single chemical p- compound found in astragalus, so it's not actually you know you can't take a astragalus and expect a result. And also, it's a certain species of astragalus too. So. They found the extraction process, uh, this was done by Serious Sciences, this is actually a pharmaceutical company here in California. They developed it um, by mistake, well they weren't actually intentionally looking for that at the time. Um, and what happened there was the, they found that the single compound actually uh, increases the uh, activation of the telomerase enzyme, which then enhanced the uh, telomere length. You know, in different kind of uh, dosaging protocols can actually dramatically increase your telomere length. Of course, we are talking about telomeres before being a key factor in the aging process. So I, I'm using the TA65 in a moderate dosage. I'm taking two capsules um, per night before bed, and that kind of is, is on the medium range. People take up to four if someone's kind of like a severe condition or someone older, like over the 70-year mark, I would recommend up to the four capsules per night mark. Only on that, the retail price on that is $600 for uh, 90 capsules. So right. it is not a, a cheap supplement. Uh, when you look at supplements out there, it's probably one of the more expensive supplements on the market. Right. But if people who actually, if any listeners want to deal on that, uh, want some, drop me an email or a message and uh, we can kind of set them up with some kind of package they want to save a lot of money. Okay, cool. And, yeah, that'd be great. Now, well, I, I, I've, um, I've used this the, product actually, and I, I think it is a great product. I used it a few years ago. The first time I used it, I noticed quite a difference with my training, recovery, strength increases, etc. Successive times I used it, I didn't notice quite the same thing. So do you think that I needed to increase the dosage or I was just adapting to it? Have you had that kind of feedback from anyone before? Yeah, I think what people don't realize is that what you're doing is, first off, you're appearing the short telomeres. This is what we do in the testing is we're looking at average telomere length and we're looking at short telomeres. So initially right. what's happening is you're appearing some of the shorter telomeres. So your, your results, you kind of feel a little bit quicker if you have a, you know, more of the short telomeres. Right. Um, telomeres that are, you know, in different parts of, of the cells that may be shorter than the rest. So these are repairing first, so in that case you may feel a little bit boost, but then what you're looking at is uh, the long game. You know, this is not going to be a, a sprint race. It's, it's a marathon to the end of your life, hopefully. Right. The longer the better in this case. So you basically, with the TA65, number one, you're, you're slowing down the, you know, the degradation of the telomeres, and potentially, depending on your dosage and, and your lifestyle, of course, uh, you actually could potentially reverse some of that shortening, particularly with the short telomeres that we're talking about. Initially, you, you built up those short telomeres, but then from there onwards, it's, it's, it's underlying cellular repair that's occurring, that, you know, what's making the difference. Right, okay. With the uh, people I've, I've found that get uh, a lot of amazing results in the first three months on the TA65, and then, you know, this, the, these instant feeling of results. Maybe, you know, the joint pain goes away and all this and they start to feel a bit more energy and they think, okay, they start to slow down. They don't feel like it's increasing anymore. So they stop thinking that, okay, you know, well, it's done what it's going to do. Now I can stop and, and just, you know, and, and it's done its job. But it, the whole point of this is that it, 
it's a continuous thing. You want to reverse that, that, that shortening of the telomeres that occur over life. So you need to kind of right. keep counteracting that. Just because you kind of feel like you're mellowed out at that point, it's not necessarily, it just means those shorter telomeres have caught up to the other ones. Now you've got to go and work on everything at the same time. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So the, the current protocol that you're on right now, because I know you're saying you, you're taking this now cause, just because of schedule and things like that, and so the sleep cycle has been cut down. Now what do you say to someone? Let's just say someone does have a fat bankroll and they can afford these supplements. What are we talking about as far as how an average time period where they can sustain this before the body is going to say, screw you, I need some sleep now. This five hours of sleep is not working anymore. Enough with the supplements. Let's get back to the natural process of sleeping again. There's people listening to the show like, okay, I can afford this. 600 bucks, no problem. I'm emailing Peter today because I just don't have time to sleep. Because most likely, if that person can afford the supplement, that means they're probably someone who has a lifestyle in which they're probably working really, really hard, own plenty of businesses or something like that, where they're constantly hustling big time. So they probably are the ones who are not sleeping that much because they are rolling a fat bankroll like that. So they're probably like, this sounds like something they can get with. What is, like, again, the average sustainability of some, you know, a protocol like this before the body's going to say enough is enough? Well, with the TS65, if you're just using TS65, it would not work to counteract the damage being caused by lack of sleep. If anybody has a you know, in my situation where my hours are ridiculous and I'm working, you know, pretty much 20 to 23 hours a day, then it's kind of looking at, you know, time to make a life change because you are going to die from that. There's no way you can kind of sustain that for any kind of length of time. I'd say, I mean, you could probably get away with it realistically um, if you're doing what I'm doing, maybe for a year. I mean, but you're going to have to have some breaks in that time anyway as well. Uh, but even then, you're looking at you know, several thousand dollars a month, not just a $600 bottle of, uh, of the TA-65. Mm-hmm. Right. Most of the stuff you mentioned is stuff you would have to go to a doctor to get a prescription for as well. So uh, what a, how, are, how are, are you providing yeah. these things for your, for your clients via a doctor? Are you able to prescribe this stuff? How is that whole thing unraveling? Um, we have a number of doctors. I mean, for example, the, a lot of the peptides are available online you can actually get them online um oh, okay so that's not an issue but yeah for research purposes i must say um so if you want to do some research with your cat or dog then you know you can go online and uh and get that <laughs> stuff anyway um it's not it's not only approved but it's not also it's not banned so you know getting some of the stuff is okay when we're talking about the uh, testosterone of course you're going to have to get a doctor to prescribe that unfortunately most doctors one don't have to do the proper testing for that uh, looking at you know, not just total testosterone, you're looking at other factors like the sex hormone binding globulin, you're looking at uh, free testosterone and other factors right. there too, you know, looking at prolactin levels, estrogen conversion and so forth. So looking at those levels, you know, they may be able to describe testosterone. Um, don't get the cream, whatever you do, because the cream is pointless. Uh, especially the older you are, the less absorption you're going to get through the skin on the transdermal layer. So, And also the problem with that is also when the cream, you're going to, uh, increase aromatization, so you're actually going to increase the amount of conversion over to uh, to estrogen anyway as well. Hmm. So you know, kind of seems like a, a pointless point taking that. The injection, a lot of people got scared off with scared off with the injection, but you're taking just a small amount. You can even take it uh, pretty much uh, subcutaneously if you had to, because it's just a small amount of oil released that uh, you could actually take it in a scumpole just as you would take an insulin shot for a diabetic. Right. All the other supplements, like the TA65 primarily is only available from doctors, um, and then all the other supplements, of course, are available on the market, but that's where it kind of gets a bit tricky. As you know, Mike, being in the supplement field, there's a lot right. of crap out there. And I'm, so, oh, you can say shit. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, you can, you can say, yeah, you can, you can speak okay. really on our crap. Crap is too nice, man. Come on, it's shit out there. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Total shit. Okay, total shit. And, um, you know, uh, one guy who I know who kind of like voices out a lot about this stuff who does a very good job in, in exposing all this, as, as you know, Mike, is uh, Anthony Roberts, right, as he's known. Um, he kind of puts, posts up a lot of reveals, and that's only probably the tip of the iceberg too. So, you know, looking at uh, the supplement market, it can be a bit of a tricky thing for people. So I pretty much we only stock Doctors Only brands. The advantage of that is that they only sell to medical professionals um, and... The, all their products are high quality tested, independent lab tested, you know, quality checked, all this type of stuff. So right. that's a big difference. Um, I'll tell people if they're looking for supplements to start off with, 
your baseline supplements. Look at more food-based supplements, um, ones that are natural food-based uh, prepared. You can actually get uh, several brands that are non-synthetic food-based supplements that are going to be a lot better quality and a lot more natural to the body. And then on top of that, you kind of had to look at some more synthetic type products too because of the fact they're not available in, in natural form um, that right. readily. Uh, but of course, you know, looking at your herbs and stuff, they're all uh, counted as food-based anyway. Right. What about what about things like high dosages of branched-chain amino acids, beta-alanine? Would things like that help with counteracting some of the negatives when you're in a high-stress environment? Well, the glutamine can be a big factor because, you know, when you get high stress, uh, it affects the gut. You know, the gastrointestinal right, system is right. dramatically affected by that. So uh, glutamine, of course, is abundant in, in use and repairing the mucosal barrier in, in the gut. So you know, if you're under high stress, taking an amino acid like glutamine can help reduce that um, damage to the gastrointestinal system. Uh, creatinine has been found to increase longevity as well. So you're taking a small right. dose of creatinine, um, taking a... Standard creatinine monohydrate. You don't need to get all these fancy crap out there that they're kind of promoting. Pretty much, stick right. creatinine monohydrate costs you like twenty dollars in the last year, six months. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just make sure you don't get the stuff from China. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Crea Pure, which is a German-based creatine monohydrate, is a hundred percent pure. Yep. So that's very high quality. And sometimes people say that they get this gastrointestinal stress from taking creatine, but I think that can be nullify by just putting a little bit of but just by putting putting it in hot tea for example like sincere is a big green tea guy so he could add a, a teaspoon of creatine to the hot tea the hot tea really helps it, it dissolve completely so you don't have any of that creatine residue at the bottom of the glass it could be warm tea as well i mean you wouldn't want to boil the creatine at the same time this is after once you pour your tea into the cup add it in there and then you can put a little bit of honey in there help chase it into the cells more but the, that I've, I've always found that that will help get rid of any of the GI stress that some people complain about when taking creatine. So I was going to say, so the uh, gastrointestinal problem is usually just associated with taking on each of the stomach with nothing. So okay. as you say, just yeah. adding into something else will settle that down. And then probably it's a low-quality creatine they're taking, too. If you're taking exactly. one that's 97% pure, which sounds like it's close enough, I mean, that's <laughs> 3% of junk you don't want in your body in there, and that can cause a big issue. Yeah, it's like taking a pregnancy yeah. test, and it's 99%, you know, accurate. That 1% is the one that ends up making you be a father. Okay? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so. Like wearing a condom, that's 97% yeah. accurate. I know that one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. No, that's not enough. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, in fact, just covering the penis is enough. Can we get one that covers everything? Protect the whole area. <laughs> okay, come on. Peter, uh, where are you planning on moving to? Because we were kind of joking around, Sincere and I were kind of joking around by text. We're like, wow, that, that's a drastic solution to a sleep problem. He's moving to another country. <laughs> well, we're actually moving to Zurich in Switzerland. Nice, nice. Oh, well, there you go. Nice area. <laughs> well, I know you've been traveling there quite a bit. You've been doing some seminars and so forth there. So what, what, what provoked this whole move? Well, 90% of it. Well, actually, a big part of it, as I said, was the sleep cycle and, and my work zone is in this European time zone, so that kind of helps a lot there. But also, you know, if you look it up, though, and, and uh, happiness in life, uh, Zurich actually leads the uh, game in the world. So it's number one in the world for, you know, being the best place to live in the world. So why not go live in the best place in the world? Well, actually, you know, on residency, I'm kind of lucky on that sense because I'm uh, on a New Zealand passport, so there's actually, uh, that's a little bit easier than most. Um, I see. But if you're an American, you know, there can be a bit of a problem um, nowadays. But uh, as far as I know, you know, it's actually opened up in the past four or five years a lot more to foreigners coming in. And of course, if you've got a half a billion dollars in your bank account, they welcome you in with arms open. <laughs> I'm sure pretty much any country these days will do that. Everybody's pretty happy, <laughs> especially, you know, with the way the economy is going worldwide. They're like, oh, yeah, come here. Come with us. Here, bring your American money. So, There's a solution, folks. Growth hormones, but, uh, testosterone it, shots. TA65, move to Switzerland, and you're going to live to 175. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be 200 before you know it, man. <laughs> it's a magic formula. I love it. I was just going to say one thing about uh, Switzerland, which is kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the anti-aging thing, is that you know, the chemicals aren't used in the, as much or very little to none in the actual food processing. And the, right. The, yeah, a lot of times people think that we overstate stuff such as the degraded food supply, but I don't, I don't think we're stating it enough. I mean, exactly. people, I mean just, just look at the obesity levels in America and the lack of health. I mean, when I was in high school, and this is the 19, early 1990s, so we're looking at, you know, I graduated high school in 1992, no one was obese then. 
Not one person. We had a couple of people that were a little bit overweight, but by today's standards, they wouldn't be considered that. Now, now it's a, it's a huge epidemic, especially here in Las Vegas. I mean, you, you just go to any of these casinos. I mean, it's it, it's it's huge proportions, yeah, and a lot of this. And the majority, I mean, the main reason is because our food supply is crap. You know, people are eating garbage. They're, eat, they're eating stuff all day long that gives them nothing in terms of nourishing them in any way. Yeah, we always talk about, Mike, like, when, like let's say the time period that you and I were in school, like grade school, right. everyone knew who the fat kid was. It was the fat <laughs> kid. And now what's crazy is in my children's, you know, generation, they all know who the skinny kid is, you know, in their class. <laughs> You know, I'm like, what the hell happened here? We have this food with, it's poor with nutrients. I mean, the soil itself that it's growing in, you're lucky to find any nutrients whatsoever. And that's why people are like, well, you know, you guys, you, what do you guys really know about GMOs and all that? They, how do we even know they're really bad for us? I'm like, look, look to the person to your left, look to your right, yeah. then, you know, and look around and see what everyone's eating. Get back to me about the GMOs. Just but on, on that eyes. topic, actually, you probably, that's a good point to bring up, Sincere. On that topic, Peter... What is, what is your take on GMOs based on the research you have done, right? Because most of us are talking about GMOs just based on just it, it, an intelligent guess. We're going, this doesn't look like it's good for us. But you as a biochemist and a researcher, what, what have you come up with looking into that topic? Beyond what uh, most people have, have seen, you know, the anti-GMO pool that, you know, that hasn't been well researched. Well, actually, it has been fairly well researched, but not in this country. And a lot of the information is suppressed, of course. And right. There's a lot of uh, financial reasons for that. But... Uh, beyond that, people don't realize is that actually the, you know, all the food you're eating has DNA. And you're consuming that DNA. That DNA actually, is, is actually has an influence to your DNA. So the food you're eating, the DNA of the food you're eating, transfers over to your DNA and can cause altered expression. So people don't even think about that. Now, you've got frankenfish out there, for example, which is you know, the, the salmon out there that, that's been genetically modified across with other genes. You're consuming that. You have no idea the core, what, what's going to be the uh, transfer to your genetic material from that genetic material from that from what you're eating. So people don't realise that what you're eating does have a huge material, uh, a huge influence, not just from you know the nutrient content, but also from the level of being on the level of DNA level of what you're consuming. It actually does have a huge effect on the body, and that's why microwaving is also. Um, has negative effects on health because it actually changes that structure and damages the structure. So there's a lot more we don't know about it, there's a lot that we do know. Yeah. How is, I mean, you're from New Zealand, and New Zealand has one of the highest food quality production in the world. What is it over there compared to over here? I mean, is it still very high quality over there in terms of most beef is grass-fed, healthy animals, you know, the factory farming doesn't exist out there as far as I know. Over there right now, is well, it still that level of quality? Sadly, no. Um, it's downgraded a lot because of the influence of you know financial reasons. Um, the current uh, prime minister um, is kind of pretty much online with the whole you know agenda of uh, Agenda 21, if you know what that is. So you're looking at Agenda 21, they're following that whole pattern and implementing you know uh, world trade agreements and so forth. So all that kind of stuff causes a changes in the food quality in the system in, in New Zealand. And even I, I wouldn't be surprised in the next 20 years we'll see GMO being uh, grown in New Zealand the way it's going at the moment. Wow. I mean, if people, people want to update information on New Zealand, uh, there's a good podcast, uh, Vinnie Eastwood Show. Peter, what, how, how important is detoxification in this whole process of increasing lifespan and so forth? Because I know that's a, I know that's a protocol you use. In, yeah, and what, what is, how, how do you implement that? How do you implement detoxification in, with your with your clients, especially with your elimination diet as well? Yes. Oh, well, actually, glad you brought that up because it was something I wanted to talk about. Was the fact that a lot of people go on to anti aging, and of course they look at the hormonal uh, aspect of anti aging. But before you want to look at doing any kind of HRT or any kind of uh, enhancement with hormones and peptides is that you've got to address detoxification first because that can really mess you up if you uh, have toxicity levels elevated and then you add in these hormones on top of that because that really can uh, be very dangerous actually. So you know, detoxification is probably number one thing because we live in an environment that just 
loaded with chemicals, especially you know, with me here in Los Angeles. Um, there's kind of a question about this radiation here at the moment too. I'm not sure where I stand on that. And also the, the chemicals in the food, which is a major player, and the chemicals in your house that you use for cleaning. A lot of time we like to um, do a detoxification protocol and even do a lot of lab work, but often you don't need to do the lab work to know you're toxic because you live in Los Angeles, you know you're already toxic. Oh, right, right. Maybe if you have any severe symptoms, then we may want to identify, you know, the specific toxins because it's mercury, you know, uh, and other elements. Iron is actually, surprisingly, actually can be a very big problem there, um, which we'll come back to when we talk about the aging of the brain. But, you know, with the detox protocols we go through, of course, we go through the elimination diet that I, I do that pretty much eliminates all, any kind of chemical anyway from the diet or attempts to eliminate as much as we can and then eliminates a lot of the foods that potentially could be causing kind of food intolerances or even food allergies temporarily if you're eating something that's kind of uh, causing a reaction you know immune response reaction in the body the body is never going to be able to repair itself so we kind of take out a lot of things that people don't realize could be causing a problem one of them being eggs for example right you know, eggs may not be the underlying cause of your issues but they can cause a lot of gastrointestinal especially with the you know supermarket egg, which are total crap anyway, right. well, I can say it kind right. of total shit. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they, I don't know if people realise that uh, chickens are actually omnivores, so you know they don't live off grains. They actually live off you know a lot of a uh, combination of foods, including animal matter, you know, like right. insects and, and small mice and so forth. Right. Uh, where your food comes from is an important factor there too. So we look at the food quality and the detoxification process. We use a lot of other things, you know, like uh, you, know, you can take high amounts of glutathione, which of course is going to help um, with with the whole process. We take it in liposomal form, of course, to optimize the delivery. Would that be as effective as intravenous glutathione, or is that just more either, or is that just easier for compliance uh, sake? No, actually. The well, actually, look at vitamin C because we use vitamin C in the detoxification process. IV vitamin C uptake uh, is about 90% efficiency. Right. Uh, liposomal, 93% efficiency. Really? Glutathione is a little bit lower, so it, yeah. So glutathione, uh, IV, uh, I think it's about a 92% efficiency for IV, and it's about a 90% for liposomal. Huh. Very interesting. So they pretty much, you know, give or take a couple percent, they're all pretty much on par. And we look at vitamins. Uptake actually assimilation of glutathione um, is in an oral form, non liposomal is about one percent or less. Huh, right, right, right. Exactly. That's that's where I was alluding to. I didn't realize the liposomal option was that was that effective though that that it absorbed that well. That's interesting. Oh yeah, very effective. Uh, but the, the thing that you can take, and I do recommend sometimes depending on what we see with the gut issues, that you can take an oral form of glutathione because the gut will use that glutathione. So that way you're actually spewing glutathione in your body because the gut is using uh, okay. the glutathione you're giving it. So it does have benefits that way too. Right. What about, what, what about what's your take on, on caffeine and alcohol? You know, how, how does coffee, for example, have some benefits? Do the negatives outweigh it? And what about alcohol in terms of this whole picture of lifespan, hormonal health, et cetera? Actually, I was, I was actually at a, a birthday last night and uh, we actually discussed this. Um, uh -huh. So the alcohol thing, yeah, it ages you, it kills you, and no matter how much you try to justify it, it's up to you if you want to drink, that's fine. I don't drink, I never have, I never will, but it's, it will cause you to age more rapidly. It does cause damage, causes damage to mitochondria, causes damage to the cellular level, um, right through the DNA, everything as well. Alters the expression of genes, it destroys your hormonal function. It, we know the whole list goes on and on. No matter how much they try to sell you that it's actually not that bad for you and they try to stay on that whole French paradigm where you know the alcohol the wine is because that's the way they live longer they actually don't live longer if you haven't been to France lately they're actually not looking too good um, so the, the alcohol point yeah I'd say if you want to go 100% you know, definitely cut it out completely just remember you know every bit of alcohol you're having you're going to be having to do repair for what you're doing and then the liver having to actually eliminate and detoxify your body and there's more stress on the liver, more you know, more chemicals being produced through the phase one, phase two detoxification pathway. So, you know, all that kind of is compromising your health. Now, coffee is an interesting subject. Um, I'm going to give someone a plug here because who really like his plug, uh, his coffee, and you know, who I'm talking about probably is Dave Asprey, who's doing the uh, bulletproof. Um, 
Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're about to tear into you now. Did you hear my sign? I, I was okay. like, oh, boy, I know where this is going. Yeah, we, we can't, we can't <laughs> let yeah. that Dave Asprey plug okay. without <laughs> – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to, like uh, – you know, my, my, I'm about to laugh. My, my teeth are about to explode out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Keep going. Okay, Go so, ahead, so just as far as the coffee beans, okay, I'm not talking about anything else. I'm actually, I mean, I, I think he's doing a good job with uh, getting awareness out there and probably changing a lot of people's lifestyles and, and maybe more for the positive. I think he's kind of a little twisted on some of those, but, you know, the whole point is that he's, he is doing some good things out there, making a lot of money off it, but that's okay because we're in the business to make money, of course. We're not here doing this for free. Um, you know, he's probably making a lot more than you and I, maybe. So, but the copy being is an interesting thing. And I've actually had investigators actually before he even got into doing it because uh, a while back I actually used to use own a restaurant many years ago and we were looking at coffee quality and stuff like that. It was a big issue. So... Um, he's talked about mitotoxins and stuff like that, which is uh, an issue. And remember, in the United States, there is no limitation on the amount of mitotoxins in the coffee it's imported, unlike Europe. So we're probably getting a lot of that crap coming in here. And these mitotoxins do have an influence on uh, on your immune response. I mean, remember, uh, we talked about, I think uh, I've talked about this before on uh, another show, was uh, about you know, mold toxins and, and the effects they have on the health. We all know black like oh, but all these molds do have a huge effect on your health, and some people are more sensitive to others. And also, it's all about loading. You've got mold loading from different sources from the outside environment, and then you take it in and digest it. It's kind of not a good combination. Um, and a lot of people say, "Oh, you can't. You know, there's no mold in my coffee beans. You see, you can't see it." But you're talking. Of, you know, I mean, have you chucked it under the microscope and had a look? And guess what I have, and there is a difference. So, I mean, I did qualify it. I'm incredulous about it because it's just hard for me to believe that his is the only legit coffee well, source out there. Mike, I mean, let me speak. Can please. I speak on that one, Mike? No, no, just please. <laughs> no, it's, it's, you know, yeah, he's definitely, you know, not the only one. But, you know, of course, when people are not knowing and they're being made aware of, you know, the mycotoxins and things like that, and they're thinking like, oh, my God, I've been drinking shitty coffee all this time, especially they go to Starbucks. Well, no shit, Sherlock, it's Starbucks. Of course it's shitty, you know, but it's a marketing business and it is a business. So he makes it seem like, yeah, this is the best coffee you can get. I'm, I'm a coffee connoisseur right here, and that's why it's really important, just like with our food supply, to really get to know your local farmers if you can, you know, have a chance to do that. Same thing with your local roasters. Find out where they're getting their coffee from. And as a matter of fact, coffee that's pretty much that's um, coming more from like Central America and with the higher elevations, they're going to be less likely to have as much mold from them. They're less apt to get that. So the higher the elevation, the better. And one thing about local roasters, they're going to actually put that on their bags when they're selling it. They're going to tell you like what, at what elevation that the coffee was grown and things like that. So the thing is, if you love coffee, really love it, you know, get to know what your coffee, just like your food. If you love to eat, know what kind of food you're eating and get to know your food. Same thing. So anything you put in your body, you need to be aware of where it comes from, how it's produced, and things like that. So the higher the elevation, then most of the times you're going to get those from Central American coffee roasters, or excuse me, producers that are like in the mountains. Okay. Also, got to stay away from decaffeinated coffee. That's another no-no when it comes to that. And choose Arabica beans. And that's another thing. So little simple things like this. So don't think that, yeah, that, you know, Dave's product is the only game in town, even though he'll sell it like it is. You know, but there are, there are much for, uh, more affordable choices and more local choices right there where you don't have to sit there and have to ship to you or anything like that. You can go to your local roaster, get to know them. So not going to shit on him from a business standpoint, but I am going to shit on it when it's like it's the only game in town, when you, when you try to market it that way. And then another thing is also you want to look at those who, um, as far as the roasters, you want to go to the roasters that are using more of a uh, wet process instead of, you know, the, the ones where the wet beans are. They're, they're less likely to be as moldy as, like, the dry beans and things like that. So, again, you want to get the process. So get to know your roasters nearby. Find out where they're getting their coffee from because it's not like they're growing it here in America. They're getting it from either Africa. They're getting it somewhere close to the equator. So if they're getting it, their coffee beans and the Arabica beans, and it's coming more from Central American countries, you're already off to a good start right there, reducing the possibility of having a high amount of mycotoxins right there. So that's my take on it, just from talking to roasters and knowing what I've started to learn a lot about coffee getting into it. So, again, he's not the only game in town. And, you know, I think that's what Mike and I always kind of laugh about it because it's usually sold like that as the only game in town. I've actually found five in Los Angeles. I found five uh, roasters in, in Los Angeles that get uh, the kind of high quality bean. 
Yeah. Uh, for me, it's just convenient because I can order online, and that's beauty. Yeah. Is I, um, I can't remember the last time I walked into a shop anywhere for anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have time for that, as you know. So, I mean, for me, it's convenience. But as you say, there is actually they are around. It takes a little bit of work to find them. But like you say, most people are drinking that crap Starbucks stuff. You know, not only are you getting I mean, the mud toxins, at least you was there, you've got 200 different chemicals in there that are, you're drinking every day as well. Right. So it's all the chemicals and the processing, as you say, decaps even more. Um, and the blended coffees too. So yeah, and the blended ones. find the cleanest. Yeah, yeah. Um, try to kind of find the best quality coffee bean you can find, organic um, and clean. One thing i found, you can see the difference in this too. If you get a, a big sudden jolt from the coffee, that's actually not a good thing. No, it's not. Because remember, it's going to be a crash on, crash on the other end. So if you get a big job on the coffee, that means it's not actually a very good coffee. Uh, I find a more steady, steady release kind of is, is the way to go. And that kind of comes us around to the, the whole brain health because, you know, coffee is not caffeine per se. It's, you know, there's a lot of other chemical, you know, good stuff in there, a lot of the sure. oils and, and uh, other, other antioxidants mm-hmm. properties in there. So... Coffee has actually been found to be very, very brain protective, and of course, you know, Alzheimer's on the rise. Uh, that uh, it actually can decrease the chance of getting Alzheimer's, and actually improves cognitive function um, and a lot of other you know, factors like that. So I think coffee is a good thing. Just don't overdo it too. I mean, looking at right. we're talking about adrenal function before. Make sure your adrenals aren't burnt out before you start loading up on, on stimulants like caffeine and coffee, because you need to settle that out first. And a lot of people I have. Uh, on the diet first had to cut out coffee for a while anyway clean out the system get that regulated back down to normal kind of regulation with the adrenal function and then they can start taking a small amount i recommend no more than probably two cups of coffee a day anyway yeah yeah what i always say is if, if you need a cup of coffee in the morning to get going that's a problem right if you want to enjoy a cup of coffee in the morning that's different so in other words if you wake up energetic within minutes of waking up you're good to go and you like the smell of coffee, which I certainly do, and everyone does. I don't drink coffee often just because I don't care for the caffeine kick. But I think it's okay if you if you don't need it and you just enjoy it, like Sincere does, for example. That's fine. But most people I know who drink coffee, they don't drink it because they enjoy it. They drink it because they need it, and they go yeah. way beyond two cups. We're talking like two or three pots. Yeah, yeah, we're talking man. two or three pots a day, not two cups a day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what I said. If you actually have a, a good quality coffee, you know, and it's – it's recently roasted, so it's not like it's been sitting on a shelf for a long time. My thing is when you really get something that is of high quality, th- rarely will you actually want more than one or two servings of it. And that goes with food as well. If you have high-quality, right. nu- nutrient-dense food, you're not going to go to town and just keep having four or five servings of it. That means if you can keep eating that many rounds of, of food or you can keep drinking that much coffee, then the quality is probably piss poor at best. And that, that's also one thing to consider is like, dude, if you can sit there and consume that much coffee – that coffee's probably really, really shitty. It's probably just dark black water with all kind of chemicals in it. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to just drink some dark black water from anywhere. I mean, that's just like drinking water out of the faucet, if that's the case. So, no, <laughs> not good at all. Well, on top of that, too, you know, the way you grind it, too, I use a, a slow-speed grinder. And only grind yeah. what you use at the time. So don't you know, grind all your beans at the supermarket or whatever you buy your beans from. Right. And then you know, expect it to be fresh in the bag you know, a week later. You want to grind it as you go. So, you know, being $50, $60 on a slow-speed grinder, which will last you probably 10 years anyway, unless it's made in China. If you take care of it, yeah. But it would last you probably 10 years. And, yeah, so you can make it last that long, and it would be worthwhile spending that $50, $60 on a slow-speed grinder and uh, just make it as you need it. I think that makes a huge difference, too, to the freshness of the beans. Yeah, you want to grind as you go, but also if you're going to get them freshly roasted, the thing is once you open that bag up, you've got about a, a few days to, to consume that coffee. So the thing is, you might as well invite some friends over. No one's saying that you should go ahead and down a whole pound of coffee beans or whatever, but like I said, for the, the freshness and the quality of the beans, if you, especially if you're going out and got it from a good roaster, you know, you've got a few days pretty much to consume that. And again, get a good grinder and then do it that way. One of the other things I always try to tell a lot of my clients, especially the ones I work with, especially online, that when it comes to coffee, you also want to consume coffee within an eight to nine hour period before you know you're going to go to bed. So if your normal schedule is you're going to bed at 10 o'clock, you need to cut off coffee like 2 p.m. Or for some people, just because I know their, their adrenals are suspect, but they're like, they need their coffee, so we're trying to wean them off of it here. I'll tell them, you know what, you have a four-hour block between 8 and 12, 8 a.m. to 12 o'clock. 
That's the only time you can have coffee. Just to make sure that you're not sitting there and just starving for coffee and needing it like that. That's when, again, this is not a new concept, Dave. You know, that's why I tell them, you know, take a tablespoon of ghee and put that in that coffee, that good quality coffee, or a tablespoon of coconut oil. Stir that up. You don't have to blend it up. <laughs> and then one thing about putting the ghee in there, you'll less, I doubt if you'll even want cream, or in, especially because cream has all that crap in it. You know, you'll less likely want cream because once you put ghee in it, man, it just changes the game big time. Again, it has to be good quality ghee as well. Can't just put crappy, cheap ghee in there as well. So that right there, what they've come to find out, a lot of my clients have found out, like, dude, that's all I needed. I didn't need another cup after that. And I was good until it was time for me to have lunch. And I had a nice, sensible lunch. I was good. Thanks a lot. So it's just little changes like that. You don't necessarily have to take the coffee away from them. But, you know, it's a good way to kind of get them from being so dependent on all that crappy coffee. Because that's what happens when you depend on crap. You're going to need more. It's like drug. It's a drug, man. It's like crack. 20 minutes later, you're looking for another rock. You need another hit. And that's why they can sell it so cheap, supply and demand. There you go, Drug Lesson 101, compliments of the Live Life Aggressively podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> Peter, what are, what are some of your favorite well, strategies for is, improving, improving adrenal health? Uh, with adrenal health, we look at, um, I guess, number one thing is suppressing that cortisol. We often see elevated cortisol in the PM. So let's say you do have a coffee accidentally late at night or, or late in the afternoon and you're still spiked up. Right. You know, mm-hmm. We know phosphatidylserine um, is very effective for suppressing that. I like to use a, a combination product known as Cortisol Manager. Um, cortisol Manager is uh, by Integrative Therapeutics. There's a combination of the herbal combination there that really helps um, bring it down. Um, Alicia, my wife, is very sensitive to coffee and we had a coffee one time which was a very strong coffee. We had... I think it must be like 500 milligrams in, in that one cup. Wow. She was so fired up, but we took two, two, two of those tablets, and, and she came back down like quick. Like within an hour, she was back down off that. What, what is in this supplement? I'm trying to remember the formula. Phosphatidylserine is usually the optimal dose is between 400 and 800 milligrams. So I'm just curious how much you recommend with your people. Well, phosphatidylserine by itself, I'm looking at uh, a minimum, yeah, as you say, probably about the 500 mark, I find it is that, right, that right. magic number. Um, I find some people do need a little more. The advantage of also taking the phosphatidylserine is you're also getting a, a, a additional uh, phosphatine, you know, like choline uh, uh, increase as well. So you're getting the right. um, choline increase for the brain function, so that kind of helps. But, you know, I think people can actually take the fossil serine also during the day, kind of spaced out, if they find a very kind of nervy throughout the whole day. Um, Sorry, one doctor I spoke to said that if you take, let's say, 400 milligrams of fossil serine in the afternoon, it will still help with lowering the nighttime cortisol. Have you found that to be the case, or what's your take on that? Yeah, I think this is true. If you're taking the fossil serine during the uh, during the day. What happens is when you see elevated cortisol at the night time, usually what's happened there is, is because of uh, you know, the accumulation over the day of those, those kind of stress factors over the day. So right. the phosphatidylserine just kind of helps kind of keep that, keep that kind of getting out of hand during the day. So when you get to the night time, you know, it's not so bad. And it's kind of a little bit more suppressed, so you don't have to worry about um, you know, that, that super high dosage at night term because of the fact that, you know, it's already down. But then, again, you're, you're still taking probably five over a day anyway. Um, the cortisol manages that herbal combination. It does take phosphatidylserine. I think it's about only about 50 milligrams, but it's only small. That's why I always take additional um, phosphatidylserine with it. But it contains um, ashwagandha, which, you know, of course, is used in a lot of adrenal uh, oh, yeah. formulas. Yeah, it's great stuff. Um, great stuff. I think it was Mongolia, Mongolia, of course, which is another one. It's another herb that's used in that. Um, and, of course, thionine, which is, of course, uh, you see that all across the adrenal supplements. So I think it's got a couple of other ingredients, uh, but those are the primary ones in there that really help with um, bringing the cortisol levels down. Especially, I find that one especially good for before bed because it does help with the sleep cycle as well. Right. Very interesting. Um, and then... And then in the morning, of course, a lot of people, you know, get up in the morning, and what we often see is a reverse pattern of the cortisol. So in the morning, we see a low cortisol when it should be at the highest because that's when, you know, it's to wake you up. So right. you can take, take things to help in the morning, like, like uh, you know, a basic support from it. But on top of that, you know, we've seen that liquid should be also help with increasing half-life of cortisol and, and help with that management of, of that low cortisol. 
So that could be something that people want to add in the morning if they feel like their cortisol low in the morning. Ideally, you want to get it tested, but if you feel that way, then uh, there could be a, a solution for you as well. The, the licorice is very effective for that. Yeah, some, some people fear licorice. Because, I would mean, but, some people have this fear-based attitude about licorice because they think it's going to increase estrogen. And as far as I know, the only study on that was done with menopausal women. So it's, I'm, not, I'm not aware of any studies that showed that healthy men taking licorice for any reason will get this big estrogen increase. What, what's your take on that? No, it does not. Yeah, it doesn't increase in estrogen um, in males. Or it actually doesn't have an influence, as you say, in the females, unless, of course, as you say, there's very little studies to show that other than one right. that kind of, It's kind of like that study that high protein causes kidney damage because they did it on right, right. patients with kidney damage. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you see a lot of studies like that. Um, so the, the adrenal function, you know, just that's a, probably a big player in the age we're talking about anti-aging. You know, that's a big player because that stress response is, is a massive killer and people need to address that. I mean, that itself is just a huge subject. But if people are having problems with adrenal issues, I'd advise them to probably get some testing done to really know where it is because you just can't randomly throw some supplements in. And right. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, I mean, if someone, if someone, wakes, up with, if someone wakes up with high cortisol, then licorice probably wouldn't be the right protocol, right? That would be, it's only, it's generally going to be used for someone who has low yeah, exactly. cortisol to increase that half-life, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, bringing it back to this round, a little bit back to the brain thing, I just want to kind of tub touch this subject because I know you're interested in it too, is, you know, with, with the increased lifespan, we're going to see a problem with a lot of people with brain degradation. So we're going to see, you know, we already see that now with just even 50-year-olds getting Alzheimer's. So uh, one important factor is when you're looking at increasing uh, your lifespan and, and longevity is looking at improving brain function and, and optimizing brain function throughout the whole time. So that's where we get into the subject of nootropics. Um, I know, you, Mike, you've been interested in that for a long time, and um, there's a lot of things you can do to help enhance that. I mean, this is kind of a really complex subject that maybe uh, you could talk about later at some point, but uh, there's a lot of things that can help blood flow to the brain and, and help protect the brain and then also enhance in fact, let, let's do that actually Peter in fact because we're at that we're at the we're over the hour mark and we like to we like to keep the shows a little bit condensed so maybe we'd love to have you come back and we can drill into that topic on nootropics if you don't mind maybe we'll have you come back in a few weeks if you're available and we can focus on nootropics strategies for increasing brain health etc I think that would be a, a really fascinating topic yeah it'd be good I think we can do that no problem at all that's uh, quite an in-depth subject too so I think we could cover that you know, just the baseline of that in an hour. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we don't want to take up your whole day here. We appreciate you being generous with your time. And where, where can people find out more about your information? I guess they can go to our main website, which is afpcenter.com. If they go there, they can kind of look up, you know, what we're doing here at our facility. And, and just update information on the blog there as well. They, um, people can see what uh, events are coming up. I'm actually holding a seminar here in uh, Los Angeles at our facility here on the 23rd of February. Um, and that's on periodization programming for you know for personal trainers. And then in doing a seminar in uh, Zurich, Switzerland, on the March 29th and 30th, and that's on postural performance, looking at using postural correction to improve athletic performance. Oh, fantastic. And are you taking any new clients now? Are you doing any consults with people? Um, I've actually just got one from you yesterday. Someone emailed me. But, uh, yeah, I can kind of... Um, we actually just got a new manager who started here for us. He's working here now. Who's going to be taking some of the load off? So, um, potentially a few people on, but it's very limited, and they've got to be pretty open to you know, availability to time. Right. But, uh, I can fit maybe one or two people more in. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and we'll definitely have you come back again to, to do the whole nootropics discussion when it's convenient for you, because I think that would be that's a great. I mean, it's one of my yeah. favorite topics, and I think people would love to hear about that. Look forward to that. Thanks a lot, Peter. Right, appreciate thanks it. Thanks a lot, Peter. Okay. Thanks, guys. Take care. You too. And that's our friend, folks, Dr. Peter Rouse again. AFPerformanceCenter.com. If you type in Dr. Peter Rouse, R-O-U-S-E, in Google, you'll see his blog pop up with a lot of other stuff. He's pretty active on Facebook as well. So if you have questions for him, definitely hit him up over there. Man, Skype was killing me. <laughs> this whole thing, man. Like, one site not to visit is Skype, okay? Because that, that is not a friend of ours. <laughs> so, geez, man. It's like, yeah, we, may, we may have to look into the alternative because that, that delayed. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, that's not a common occurrence, but that yeah. delayed a 
was beyond irritating. So, yeah. But, yeah, that was a lot of good information, man. Uh, we could basically talk to Peter for a good few hours. So I'm, I'm kind of glad yeah, exactly. that, that I'm glad that bulletproof discussion finally happened, you know, on the show. And, you know, there's going to be people that are going to bitch and complain or whatever. You know what? I'm not, I'm not worried about sheeple. Do your homework, people. Do your homework. And trust me, no one is the only game in town in any aspect of life. So there. There's well, always... You should always be skeptical. You should always be skeptical of information regardless who it's coming from. And I, and right. I, and I include an myself in that. Don't exactly. take yeah. everything I say literally. Because my attitude is I don't do that. I don't go to medical conferences and just swallow everything these people are saying. Like, oh, that must be true. That must be true. You know, you should always have some healthy skepticism with certain things rather than just just because someone sounds like they know what they're talking about doesn't. And then often you don't, you're not educated enough to know whether someone knows what they're talking about or not. Because often, you know, I've been at different cocktail parties and stuff like that where the, the topic of hormone optimization comes up and all of a sudden I draw a little crowd. I'm giving like a mini lecture at someone's party. And then people are like, wow, you know, you really know your stuff. And I go, yeah, I do. But how do you know I do? <laughs> you know, because you could, you could just sound like, you know, a lot, a lot of people, man, they just sound like they know what they're talking about. And that's right. enough to sell stuff. And then oftentimes people have great info, but they're not very good at delivering it. And people just shut off completely. They're like, ah, that's boring. You know, because we're so used to this entertainment culture where you have to be like Tony Robbins when you talk about anything. Otherwise, people just shut off. That, that's, a, that's a flawed way of looking at stuff because a lot of times these, these biochemists and researchers who really know their stuff, these guys are in a lab all day long. So they're, they're not, they don't have these dynamic public speaking skills. But generally, they really know what they're talking about, but it's not going to be entertaining when you hear it. So just because someone, again, just because someone sounds like they know what they're talking about, we, we tend to be seduced by that very easily. It's like, oh, wow, I'm going to do that. And then oftentimes, the, the results that are contrary to the information are right in front of you. Like I always laugh when someone has, some, has an alleged expertise in a topic when you're looking right at them going, you don't look like any of that information is working. You right. know? It's, like, it's like, I hear you, but I also I see you. Yeah, it's like all this, it's all, all this anti-aging information. Look old as like, hell. It's like, how old are you? And the guy's like, oh, I'm 38. It's like, you look like you're 49, man. So I mean, why should I be listening to you? You know. The takeaway message here is do your homework if it's important to you. If not, don't do your homework. But guess what? Remember in school when you didn't do your homework, what happened? You failed. Okay. Uh, I already know what's going to happen. Peter's going to get inundated with emails going, where do I get that IGF-1? And oh, my God. I mean, people are like, great, I don't have to sleep anymore. I'm just yeah, I know. Should, should you, should we, I'm going to have to go and uh, post on Peter's page, like, prepare yourself. The shit storm's coming. <laughs> Everybody's like, no, man, what's that stuff you were saying that you were taking, man? I got 600 bucks. Hook me up, brother. <laughs> like, yeah, no, whenever, people, whenever people ask me, they, you know, what can you do to counterbalance poor sleep? I go, uh, my opinion really is nothing. You know, I mean, what Peter talked about may work in the short run, but in the, in the long yeah. run, there's, there isn't anything that yeah, takes the place. He even said it. And Peter even said it. So that, that's the yeah. part. People hear what they want to hear. That's why, you know, I asked Peter specifically, give them, you know, how long can they sustain this? And even he said, like, you know, you can't do this crap forever. It's just not going to work. Look at your, people your body's going to be like, no. Yeah, look at anyone who's not sleeping well. They got bags under their eyes. They're getting wrinkled. They look worn out. Raccoon eyes, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. There's so, nothing yeah. is going to take the place of high quality sleep. Now you can you can increase the quality of your sleep, so you don't need as much length. So, for example, six hours of deep sleep is better than eight hours of tossing and turning or or a very right. light sleep. But guess what? Eight hours of deep sleep is still better than six. And if you're working out really hard or you're working hard, period, forget about working out. You're using your brain a lot. You're you're researching stuff. You're you're just working hard like most of us do. Then you need downtime. You need a way to restore. And the, the average American watches four hours of TV a day. So you just cut out, cut out three of those hours and sleep. allocate that and towards sleep. sleep. <laughs> yeah, because four hours of TV, there isn't enough out there to justify four hours of TV every night. I couldn't watch that much if I wanted to. You know? right. I, mean, I mean, every once in a while you come across a really cool show on Netflix that like, like we're talking about revolution. Yeah. And then you're like, bam, three episodes in a row because you're getting caught up. But I mean, you know, that, that's a rarity. Yeah. Most of the time it's forget it. One thing about sleep and quality sleep, it's free. You don't have to buy it. Just make some changes. It's free. Not 600 bucks. Not 2000 bucks. The illusion have on that though is people feel like, oh, it's not free because that's hours where I could be making money. You know, that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the flawed way. Uh, that, 
Look, One last know. thing on that. You can't make money if your brain's not functioning because you're yeah. freaking tired. Exactly. If exactly. you go to sleep, your brain is fresh. If your brain is fresh, your hustle is fresh. If your hustle right. is fresh, your bank account is fat. If you're not getting sleep, you're going to end up fat. So that's the simple matter right there. So <laughs> your whole thinking is flawed at best. Sorry. Not going not gonna to jump on that bandwagon with you. So, uh-uh, doesn't work. <laughs> so, anyhow. I agree. I agree. And, it's going to ruin your productivity, no doubt. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, big thanks to Peter for stopping by on the show. We, we'll probably have Peter on quite a few times because there are so many different yeah, topics awesome. that he's, he's, this, awesome. he's so well-versed at. And it's, it's been a long time coming. Mike and I have been talking about bringing Peter on probably since we started this show. Keep your ratings and your reviews coming. Hop over to iTunes. Hop over to Stitcher. Keep subscribing to the show, sharing the show with all your friends, and keep giving us your feedback as well. So keep sending those emails and posting on the fan page. We are listening, we are reading, and we are responding. It and it's also helping to become part of the show and help build the show. So therefore, also keep once, those keep those product orders coming for both definitely. of us by using coupon code LLA to get thirty percent off Sincere's body weight training video. You're not going to find anything out there like it. You can use the same coupon code to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements as well as 10% off my courses in Australia coming up in May in Brisbane and Sydney. Yeah, Australia, where they still have good quality food. <laughs> we are just talking about that. So, actually, yeah. you know what? They, they actually have a very high incidence of estrogen dominance in Australia, interestingly oh. enough. That would be an interesting. Maybe we'll talk about Kent when he comes on the show. We have an yeah. Australian fitness guy coming on the show in a couple weeks. But uh, this, this whole estrogen dominance is a pervasive problem now. In fact, I contacted a doctor who's very well-versed in all the factors that are contributing to estrogen dominance to come on our show. So hopefully we'll get oh, him on next awesome. month. Yeah, that would be badass. So we're definitely, that's a topic that I think hey, you know we should what? spend a lot of time on. I think, you know, since next month is February, and for most people, especially in the West, that's the month of Valentine's Day, and you've got weddings, and everything's all heart-related, and, and all this love and things like that. It's a good time when we should really start talking about hormones. Because, right. I mean, if there's any month of the year where there's a high incidence of <laughs> utilization or lack of, of sex hormones, it's February. <laughs> okay. So there's I think a couple ways to know when, if you're estrogen dominant as a man. Okay. Number one, are you going through your girlfriend or wife's email and phone? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Estrogen dominance. For sure. Are, are, you, are you complaining that she's not spending enough time with you, working too hard and trading too hard, et cetera? You know, that's Estrogen two, dominant, you know? for sure. <laughs> Come on. Are your boobs bigger than your wife's? Estrogen dominant, for sure. So, gentlemen, gentlemen, pay attention. Okay, pay attention. So, yeah, I think, I think that should be a great theme for February. So yeah, we, man, really, we, we tackle fitness big time for this month with some of the top people as far as training. But February, I think we should be – we should shift more toward that. I think that's a perfect theme for February. I don't know. People, let us know. Hit us up. Tell us about it. All right, man. So let's go wrap it up for this week's show. Lots of great guests still coming down the line, so stay tuned. Subscribe to the show so you don't miss out. And keep those emails coming. Other than that, have a great week, everybody. Thanks a lot. Thank you. See you next time.